They're going to force us into this huge recession because that's the only way to get the prices back down is we got to get rid of the demand. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two. One. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in live, Glenn Tate. Well, hello. You know, this show is going to be all about the mechanics and the details of inflation. You don't need to be a PhD in economics to understand this, because the more you know about the details of inflation, the better decisions you're going to be able to make when it comes to countering it. Minuteman Coffee. I'll tell you something, you've got to have good coffee in daily life and in a collapse because it is a key to life, especially if you're like Shelby and you're addicted. Um, Addictions are serious things. And Minutemen Coffee is the best coffee out there. Plus they have the exclusive I Miss America blend. As I like to brag to people, we have our own, you know, we have our own We're a big deal. Yeah, we're a big deal. We have our own brand of coffee. I Miss America Blend, when you order from Minutemen Coffee, and it's Minutemen.com, you can always go to our website, prepping2-0.com, click on the Friends and Affiliates tab, and get to them by clicking on their logo. They send you a copy of the Constitution with every order, and as they say, they are literally bringing the Constitution back to the coffee table. So, there you go, Minutemen Coffee, absolutely fabulous. And Shelby's going to tell us about some other business. Some cool thing happening here soon in Missoula, Montana. You've heard us talk about it. I joke about it. When Glenn came off the ventilator way back when in November, um, he wanted to have a party. And uh, soon realized that having one in the middle of nowhere, Montana, in March may not be practical. With no event facilities available, which was a flaw in my planning. You know, you'd think that being the prepper that I am, I'd plan better than that. But uh, no, I was on a lot of drugs, Um, hospital administered drugs. And you were high on the fact that you were alive, which we're all thankful for. So we've rebranded that event. We've made it more practical. And we've actually got an event center, a place for it. (laughs) We're ready. So I want you all to grab a pen. July 30th, 2022 at the Bella Vista Pavilion at the Fort Missoula State Park. This is in Missoula, Montana. We will be having an all-day hangout, celebrate life picnic get to meet you we get a chance to meet you you. come on up and talk to us we love hearing from you so many of you prayed for me and for shelby shelby was obviously 50 percent of this whole effort and so you prayed for both of us and we want to personally thank you that's why we're throwing this picnic palooza in missoula so if you get a chance, if you could send one of us, if you have our email address, I'm Shelby Gallagher, 321 at Gmail, a quick little, hey, we're planning to be there. What's really cool also about this location is you're kind of right in between a couple of really cool national parks. You're right in between Glacier and kind of the northern entrance of Yellowstone. So if you're already kind of vacationing and you're passing through, if you want to try and squeeze that day into your plans, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. There's a lot of camping nearby. A lot of hotels. It's right off a main highway. That was another kind of big deal with doing this. We'd love to see you. And we're looking to get some key visitors to come join us as well. Some great people. Folks you know. Folks you know in the prepping movement. So we're going to try and really make it worth your time. And it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a hoot. I wanted to also mention that it's very helpful for this show if whatever platform you listen to us on, you rate us or you do a thumbs up or you write a review, it really helps with the algorithms and it pushes the show out to more people who might be interested in it. And that's only something you guys, the listeners, can do. We can't do it. There's no magic artificial intelligence that allows us to do fake ratings and reviews. So please rate and review us on whatever platform you listen. It's really going to help. Well, let's get into it. This is where we introduce our guest, Joe Jaquint, who is the CEO of Patriot Trading Group. He sells gold and silver, and he does much more than that. He has a daily radio show called Patriot Radio News Hour, and he also has a second show 
on KHNC in Colorado called the Half Empty Cup of Joe. I'm very fortunate to be the Friday uh, guest, permanent guest, regular guest on that show. You can listen to it at 1360KHNC.com. It's also up on uh, the Patreon site for Patreons. We also have a link to it there. And something about Joe, he really knows what he's talking about. He's not just a guy who decided last week to sell gold and silver and claims to be an economics expert. His show has been on forever. I've listened to it for at least 10 years. And significantly, a lot of the economic theory behind 299 Days, some of the background story that I describe in the 299 Days books, much of which has come true, by the way, I have to say, was based on the economics I learned from Joe and his, his former uh, co-host, who sadly passed away from COVID, Eric Cedarstrom. And they know what they're talking about. And the only proof you need of that is when you read 299 Days, did the economics I described pretty much come true? And I think the answer is a resounding yes. So Joe is going to talk about inflation, the details of inflation. And as I said in the intro, you don't need a PhD to, to follow along because Joe's a regular guy. He talks to people on the radio all the time. He breaks it down. So welcome, Joe Jaquint. Well, Glenn, uh, first of all, uh, just glad that you're doing well and doing a lot better. I know uh, the whole uh, Patriot Radio News Hour crew and all the people at 1360. Uh, we had you in our prayers, and and uh, just just sounds like you're going to have a great event as well. What uh, just a great idea, and I'm just happy to be here today and share what I what I know with everybody else out there. Uh, you know, inflation is something that for a lot of people. Uh, You've heard a lot of talk about it, but maybe you've never really seen it before. You know, the last real huge spike in inflation was was back in the 70s. Uh, and now people are seeing it every single day, uh, whether they're going to the grocery store, whether they're filling up their car with gas, whether they're – doesn't matter. Whatever they're buying, uh, inflation is here, and uh, it's all predicated on, on things that – most people think is too complicated, as you said, but it really isn't. Let's just start, Joe, with the basic definition. What is the basic definition? What is inflation? So a lot of people think inflation is the rising price of things, which actually that isn't really what it is. Uh, that, that's what happens because of it. Inflation is just simply our central bank and all the other central banks around the world uh, printing money uh, without any productivity behind it. So we're just firing up the printing presses. Uh, it really started in earnest uh, during the financial crisis. So, you, you know, we're going back almost 15 years ago, and we're, we're taking the price for that uh, now. And it's been, it's been a long time coming uh, the central bank, uh, through Freedom of Information Act request, we've learned a lot in the last month. Uh, by law, they're supposed to release uh, information. When, when the Fed does some money printing, uh, they have to let us know if we request it two years after they've done it. So uh, they want to protect the banks and, and don't want people to think badly of banks, so they have this two-year rule. Well, after the financial crisis, uh, we were supposed to learn about it in 2012. The Fed went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court allowed them to hide it for another 10 years. Uh, and we just got all the information from the financial crisis. And Glenn and Shelby, uh, we knew they printed a lot of money. Then everybody knows that. But it was so much worse than that. We're talking hundreds of trillions of dollars uh, and then what most people don't realize is they did it again in 2019 before COVID was ever mentioned. Uh, there were some problems in the bond market and the Fed was quietly trying to print uh, money. It ended up printing trillions and trillions of dollars of money. And now the whole world's got money. And of course, COVID, people know, right? They were paying you more money to stay at home than to go to work. And, and uh, that was per primarily, right, your waiters, your waitresses, uh, the people at the lower end of the pay scale. And then 
the government started bailing people checks, and then you, you take uh, that on top of what the Fed did, and that's really what inflation really is. It's the printing of money with no suitable productivity behind it. You mentioned printing money, and I know that that was true in the old days when the Federal Reserve had printing presses and they would physically make $100 bills. What does it mean now? I mean, when you say printing money, um, how does the Federal Reserve, which is the central bank we keep talking about, it's not a government agency, it's a private corporation that's chartered by the U.S. government, but how does the Federal Reserve create money out of thin air? I think this will surprise people because they don't even need to use a printing press anymore. They've gotten rid yeah, of this that. Yeah, is, this is just a, a couple of strokes uh, of, a, of a computer, you know, of a keyboard. Uh, they, they really, uh, uh, it, it's electronic in, in every sense of the word, and they can create as much money uh, as they want to and, and hide it from us. And, and the problem is, is the Fed is also very good at, when, uh, at trying to prevent it all from getting out there. And that's the one thing, the Fed's balance sheet, they, they have $9 trillion dollars of treasuries and mortgages on their balance sheet. That's not even on the government's debt uh, because they're trying to keep it out of the the system. Uh, but the, the problem is, Glenn, they've, they've, they've printed so much of it now that uh, the world essentially, you know, if we didn't all of a sudden just run out of computer chips. We didn't all of a sudden uh, not be able to unload uh, cargo containers at the ports and all of these things. Uh, this was something where uh, the all of this money, and it's not just our central bank, all the other central banks, it all leaked out there. Uh, we got this huge demand at a time when with COVID and all the restrictions, production wasn't being done at a, for a lot of things. And now we have a situation where we don't have a lot of inventory of anything uh, uh, from crude oil barrels to soybeans to corn, gold, silver, you name it, computer chips. Uh, almost every major commodity in the world is either at or almost at an all-time record low. Uh, so any little event just makes things that much worse. Uh, but the problem is, is if you go back to the 70s, the inflation we're seeing today is going to be much worse than that because of the amount of printing they've done. Uh, it, it, it's, it's on a magnitude, most people can't understand, it's about a, a magnitude of 10 times the amount of money printed than people actually thought was being made. And and this is why we're going to see inflation continue uh, all through this year, next year, and beyond. We, we, we could be looking at a, another decade of inflation. And the, the common summary of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And we have both of those things right now. We have too much money. The Federal Reserve gets on its keyboard and uh, loans, and I say that in air quote, $100 billion to a bank, and then the bank loans it out, or the Fed buys treasury notes with it. So that's how they, they create money. Uh, it's hard for people to understand that because when we think of creating money, we think of going to work and getting a paycheck. That's how normal people create money. But so there's too much money out there. There's been an infusion of these fake dollars. And simultaneously, you have less production. So you have because people are staying home, for example, and then you've got too few goods and too much money. It's the classic recipe for inflation. Well, Shelby has a question for you. Kind of two things here. Um, how is you've heard we've heard this said before, but how is inflation like a tax too? Well, it, it's the worst kind of tax because it hits the people with the least amount of money just as hard as it does with the people with the most amount of money, and really makes it worse. When we talk about uh, CPI, the the government and the Federal Reserve. Uh, released their inflation number the other day and said that it was seven and a half percent. 
so the highest since 1982, and I think a little later we'll get into why that's a that that number is completely fake and it's much worse than that. But what they're essentially telling you is your money will buy you seven and a half percent less stuff today than it did a year ago. So when you look at a uh, hundred dollars. Uh, what you could buy for a hundred dollars last year, this year, what they'll admit to is, hey, you really now are going to need a hundred and seven dollars and fifty cents. Uh, and when you think about, hey, if I'm making fifty thousand dollars a year, that's a lot of seven dollars and fifty cents, a hundred dollars at a time. Um, and and that's kind of when they talk about a tax. Every time you're out there buying. Whatever it is that you would normally buy in your everyday life from toilet paper to laundry detergent, uh, and it costs you more or you're getting less for the same price, that's the tax. Yeah, and, and our first question when we come back from segment two, which will be in a few minutes, is going to be how they, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, how they they completely manipulate it to make it seem lower than it is. But that's a big topic, so we'll, we'll start that at the beginning of segment two. But we're not, we're not at segment oh, two yet. Oh, we got a ways to go, yeah. Yeah, Shelby has another question for you. So um, the question here, and, and I think you've answered this, and I can see my answer to it, but I'm curious what you have to say, Joe. Is, play, is inflation an accident, or is it intentional? Oh, it, it's absolutely intentional. Now, the, they they came out, and I want to remind everybody, during the financial crisis, they came out with this. This is back, uh, Ben Bernanke, Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen, who's now the Treasury Secretary. Uh, they, they came up with this, we want 2% inflation. So the Fed's official stance is we want inflation. Wow. But we only want 2%. And when they when they said that back then, I was telling all of our listeners, I said, I, would, I want you all to understand that's a starting number. It sounds real good, but I promise you the second we're past 2%, they're just going to remove the, 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 the bar, if you will. But even at 2%, after 10 years, your, your money's worth 20% less right. at that 2%. 20 years, it's worth... 40% less and and so on and so forth. And of course now, you know, they're already admitting to seven and a half percent. And, and I think at the end of the day, we're going to, we're going to see uh, inflation. That's going to be four, five, 6% the way they counted. And, and they're going to consider that to be the new normal. Wow. So here's, Here's what's going through my mind when I listen to this, and I'd be curious to what you think about this, Joe. Because when I think about a tax, our Constitution says that in our government, taxes are approved by elected officials. What's insidious about this is this is a, a backdoor, a hidden, um, a secret, a mysterious sort of tax that happens without any sort of representation or citizen input, and it's... and it's crippling. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and I think our founding fathers uh, were very smart about this. Most people don't know. Uh, they had firsthand knowledge of paper money and bankers, and I won't get into uh, the real story behind the Boston Tea Party. Uh, but outside of Alexander Hamilton, all of the other founding fathers that are on our money, uh, none of them. So, uh, wanted a central bank because of what Shelby just described. It takes uh, the power away from our elected officials. Uh, it allows uh, these private banks to essentially tax us without any representation whatsoever. It, and the sad part about it is, is it, for a while they played this game where, okay, yeah, inflation's 2%, but... We're paying, the bank is paying you interest because the 10 year notes, you know, yielding 7%. We're giving you a, a savings account of 5%, which is more than inflation. So it's really not that bad if you can just start saving some money. Uh, but of course, when the whole system broke down, we've been almost what, 15 years 
of of zero percent outside of about an eighteen month period. Uh, so not only are they not paying you any interest, uh, now inflation is running at the highest levels. Uh, going all the way back to the 70s. So it's really uh, just a, a double way because at least in the 70s, hey, if you could save money and have a savings account at the bank, you were earning really good interest. Uh, today, we've got inflation like the 70s without any interest. Well, you know, and you talk about interest, and we have about uh, two minutes before we uh, go into the next segment. But So be brief on this because this is a big topic. But they're even in Europe doing negative interest rates, and they're even maybe going to do them in the U.S. A negative interest rate is hard for normal people to even conceptualize. It's where you put $100,000 in the bank, and if the negative interest rate is negative 1%, um, you then get 99000 back. They actually give you less money when you attempt to save money. Tell folks about how dangerous negative interest rates are. And well, are they let me, let me tell you, it's, it's extremely dangerous here in the U.S. because uh, we, at least for now, uh, pretend that we have the reserve currency of the world. Uh, and I got bad news for people on that, so I'll, I'll try to go uh, uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, when we talk about uh, what's coming next, and Shelby, is this on purpose or accident? And it's absolutely on purpose. Uh, we're going to go to a digital uh, currency. I think everybody knows this now. Uh, they've allowed for the Bitcoin and all the rest to work all the bugs out, and, and we've made huge progress. MIT uh, and the Federal Reserve have been working on this for a while. They're actually going to be able to break away uh, from the traditional banking sense. All of us will have an account with the Federal Reserve, Instead of, you know, having it at your local bank, it'll be at the Federal Reserve. And then you'll just use your local bank for a car loan, a home loan, right, a credit card. Uh, but your actual bank accounts will be at the Federal Reserve. And why they want to do that, Glenn, is so they can do exactly what you just talked about. We want to do what Europe does and what Japan did. And we want to be able to start having those bank accounts because right now we have a lot of people out there. Hey, I've got $150,000 in my bank account. And every month it still says 150000 And for some people, that gives them comfort, even though they know that 150000 buys less and less and less and less every year. It still says 150000 And Joe? The central bank hates you having money in your bank accounts. They so absolutely we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave it at, at that. Uh, Shelby is going to thank some of our sponsors before we go into oh, but the we segment wanna, break. We want to hear how the reserve hates people for sure mm -hmm. after the break. But folks, um, encourage you to jump over to our website at prepping2-0.com. Check out some of our awesome sponsors. US Law Shield offers insurance for those of you who find yourself in a in a position to defend yourself and they can give you some legal help on that. Katie Armour, C A T I Armour, great sponsor Backwoods Home Magazine, My Kind CBD, awesome CBD products, the purest and the best out there, we believe. New Mana Foods will help you get your preps in order quickly and nutritiously. Tac Niner, new sponsor of ours, uh, specializes in tactical gloves, as well as food forest abundance. If you listened to last week's show, you heard all about them. Join us after the break. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. 
Numana comes in family style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. TAC Niner, spelled T-A-C, the digit 9, E-R.com. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line at TACNiner.com. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TACNiner-P20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. TACNiner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built to last. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We were hearing from economics guy Joe Jaquin about inflation. And we're going to ask him in just a moment about the calculation of the consumer price index, the CPI. You often hear the official inflation rate is completely bogus. But before we ask him that question, but well, before we get that answer, I wanted to tell you about EMP Shield. This is really important. There could be an EMP or a coronal mass ejection, which would fry everything electronic unless you have an EMP shield device wired into whatever it is you want to protect. Maybe it's the wiring in your house. Maybe it's a a generator. uh, Maybe it's a vehicle. These things actually work. They're basically, get this, a surge protector that stops the overload from an EMP pulse or a CME pulse in three trillionths of a second, which is the length of my attention span. Mm -hmm. So that is an incredible device. The military, Homeland Security have bought a bunch of these. So obviously they've been tested and uh, you can't really test them because that would require North Korea popping off a a nuke in the upper atmosphere. And that's that's kind of a big price to pay for uh, testing a product. So, um, but as far as the, the science goes and they can predict these things, these things work. You can go to prepping2-0.com, click on the Friends and Affiliates tab, click on the EMP Shield logo link, and you will be getting $50 off each device. They're about $300, so a $50 savings is pretty significant. So go ahead and check out EMP Shield at prepping2-0.com, Friends and Affiliates. So 
I wanted to ask Joe the question about how phony, how is it that the CPI index is so phony? But maybe, Joe, you want to finish up your answer that we cut you off so very unceremoniously um, before the break. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, the Federal Reserve negative interest rates, and, and this is something our central bank desperately wants. But because of our role in the bond market globally, we couldn't do what Germany or Japan did and have a, a negative interest rate. One of the big pluses for the digital currencies that are coming, you know, China's already using it, uh, India's getting ready to use it, we're getting ready to use it. Outside of the fact they're gonna track everything, it's just a huge tracking device for the government, it's going to allow them to change the way the banking system works. And all of you are gonna have, all of us, we're gonna have an account at the Federal Reserve uh, that's going to have our electronic credits in it that is not tied to interest rates. Uh, so there, there's going to be, uh, you're not going to get any interest from them. But the, the, the best thing for them is they can do just what you said, Glenn. We can have a negative rate to where, hey, guess what? If you don't spend that 150000 you got on the bank, the next month it's going to be less. And the next month, it's going to be less. And the next month, it's going to be less. The Federal Reserve hates people saving money. They want you to spend it. They want you to buy a house, buy a car, buy a boat, buy a second house, or give it to the pinstripe bandits on Wall Street. The last thing they want to do is have leave you that money in the bank. That's why they brought interest rates to zero. That was supposed to motivate people to go spend their money. Uh, it didn't work. So now they've got to come up with a new way. So just just so you know, that was in uh, the Federal Reserve just released a 35-page paper about the digital currency, and that was one of the highlights of it. Another real problem with the digital currency, and, and, and I promise listeners we're going to have Joe explain how CPI is calculated, but another thing that a digital currency does is it allows a social credit score system to be in place. If every transaction is controlled by the Federal Reserve, they can put you on the naughty list or they can put your business on the naughty list because let's say you're a gun store and nobody can buy or sell from you because it's all controlled with electronic credits. There's no more cash and all of these other things. So there's real problems, especially for those of us in the Patriot community. There are real problems with a digital currency. There are real problems with negative interest rates. But how is the consumer price index calculated and how much of a joke is it? Okay, this is such a such a great one because uh, we're talking about inflation from the 70s. And uh, uh, was it yesterday or Thursday? Thursday they said CPI 7.5%. That was the worst number since 1982 when you hear this on the television. What they don't tell you is in 1982 and 1972 and all the way to about 1992, the, the Federal Reserve and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they're the one who gathers the information for the Fed, uh, used to track actual inflation. You know, car price went up, uh, the home went up, uh, you know, gasoline went up, uh, the, 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 the cost of a pound of ground beef goes up. Uh, they were actually tracking inflation. What the sad part is, if we tracked inflation the same way today as we did during the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, that number on Thursday wouldn't have been 7.5%. It would have been somewhere in the ballpark of 15 to 20%. And think about that. Now, that would get people's attention. Wait a minute. My money's worth 20% less now? That's exactly what's happened. I'll give you uh, the biggest example. It has to do with housing. So the government used to track home prices and use that number. Then they said, well, you got renters too. So they would track home prices and rent. But that number was getting too big. So what the government decided to do is, is, is well, not really, it wasn't even the government. It's not like uh, your senators or your House of Representatives, they don't get to vote on this stuff. There's no law here. The Federal Reserve just says, well, we don't like the way we're calculating inflation. 
And so we're going to come up with a new way. So in housing, they created what they call rent equivalent. That is what they use. Now, what does rent equivalent mean? Because obviously uh, you can't pay your bills with rent equivalent, right? (laughs) So what they do, this is how out of the way they go to try to get this answer. They call people who own a home. They don't rent. They don't have rental properties. They simply own their home. And they call them up and they ask them, hey, what would you pay to rent your home? Because they know the vast majority of the people will answer whatever their mortgage payment is, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, well, I'd, I'd pay $2,000. Okay, great. Well, that's the same thing you said last time. Okay, there's no inflation. Even though the person next door may be renting the home next to them, they may be paying $5,000. But they don't call the renter. They actually try to find people who don't know what the rents are doing to try to come up with this number. Uh, And to give you an example, in the latest report, they said rent equivalent or what we'll call housing inflation was only up 4% for the entire year. Now, home prices were up 20%. Rents on an average, and this is, you know, taking, giving them every benefit of the doubt, because rents in Phoenix are up 30%, okay, year over year. But blended rent across the nation is up about 15%. So the number has to be between 15 and 20%. They say it's only 4%, and oh, by the way, That counts for one-third of all the inflation in their index. Wow, and anybody that's, uh, let's say, purchased a home in Montana in the past few months, like Shelby and I, will tell you that uh, 4% is an absolute joke, and even the rents here are, are through the roof, and so... It's it's insulting that the government says housing prices went up four percent last year when and here's the thing. There are tons of ways to calculate housing, both owned and rented, how much more it costs. It's really easy. There are all kinds of uh, comparisons out there. I mean, there are real rent indexes where they look at the rent for, you know, apartment A was whatever it was last year, and now it's 15 to 20, maybe 30% more. It's it's not like the the government can get away with this because we, we all know what the prices are and they're much higher. It just really destroys our credibility. It, and this is, well, it allowed them to hide things. You know, they, they claimed for like the last 15 years that inflation was below 2%. Oh, if we could just get it to 2%, which they already knew. Hey, we're lying about that number, right? The the inflation, believe me, inflation historically, until they changed this, and they did all of this in the early 90s with Alan Greenspan. This is how uh, it all came about. Uh, As an example, ground beef goes up. Yeah, we won't count ground beef. What's what's not up as much? Wait, chicken's not up as much? Okay, well, they'll just buy the chicken. So, uh, therefore, food inflation's less. Cars is the best example, though. Up until last year, the the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Federal Reserve said that car inflation over the last 25 years – to go all the way back to like 1997 was zero. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. Was zero. And here's what they said. Well, you know, uh, it's got a backup mirror now. And uh, you can warm your fanny in the winter time. So, you know, they're, they're making it better. So that shouldn't cost more. And, and, and really insulting all of us. Like, they didn't make really the, – the cars that they were building in the 80s weren't better than the cars they were building in the 30s. Of course they were, right? And, and But, again, they don't need to go to Congress. They don't need to pass any laws. They just make it up, and, and they've tried to get it as low as they possibly could. And, and just so you know – the central bank tracks inflation. I, I want officially. 
I think they have 12 different inflation numbers. The one that they put out on the TV, and no one should be shocked by this, is the one that's the lowest. Hmm. Wow. Well, how can people fight inflation? What are some countermeasures? How can the listener do things to lessen the effects of inflation? This is really the hard part about it because there's no magic bullet here. And you'll see it. I mean, gold and silver are always and always have been really good inflation hedges. And they tried to deny it because, you know, the Fed was lying with transitory inflation. And we're seeing gold and silver starting to really gain steam here as the cat's kind of out of the bag. But all of the commodities, hey, if you're fortunate enough to have silos full of corn and soybeans or crude oil or, you know, iron ore, steel, things that are real, those are the things uh, that that can help you uh, protect yourself. The problem is, for the vast majority of people, it's just not practical. It's not practical for me to store hundreds of barrels of crude oil. It's not practical for me to store uh, thousands of bushels of soybeans or copper or whatever it may be. And that's where, you know, gold and silver, it's the easiest way, right? Because it it doesn't take up that much room and it's easy to store. And, uh, you know, it's not subjugated to uh, weather or Uh, somebody coming out with a bad earnings report or any of those things. But that tends to, when we see inflation, you'll see the things that are real really start skyrocketing in price. And by real, you mean hard assets. And that's one of the things Shelby and I have done. We um, try to the extent possible to take the zeros and ones on our bank accounts, and that's all they are. They're just digital little numbers. And uh, we try to put them into hard assets, um, uh, real estate, um, quite honestly, ammunition, gold and silver. We are customers of Patriot Trading Group, very happily so. And um, the other thing about gold and silver, not only does it not take up space and it doesn't get destroyed by the weather like a corn silo does, is that it's very easy to sell gold and silver. There's always going to be somebody that wants to buy it. And so it's extremely liquid. But I think Shelby has a question for you. So um, we've talked about how this these these rises, these increases in inflation are not accidental. They're intentional and uh, devious. So what I see things like our current administration cutting off, I don't know, um, pipelines for crude oil um, and making decisions that make it so that we can't have those silos of supplies. It seems to me, Joe, that the Fed and the federal government are working on this same goal together. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you bring up some really good points. And and just to focus on on energy uh, for just a minute, this is highly predicted. Uh, Crude oil prices are going much higher. And we sit here today and uh, crude oil is like $94 a barrel. Uh, unleaded gas is, uh, is is creeping up to $4 a gallon. Be ready for five because that's what you're going to see. Uh, they've been under-investing uh, in the energy markets for, for the better part of a decade. This whole Green New Deal, listen, it's great. Wind farms are great. Uh, solar, solar that, that's fantastic. But the realities of the amount of energy the world needs, these uh, green energy projects, they're just not practical. I mean, they, you can't do them. And what, what, what we've seen is we've seen money that used to flow in to uh, oil drillers. Because I'll, I'll have news for you. The big oil companies, they're not out there wildcatting they let the the small guys go out there and then if they find something really good they buy them up you know what i'm saying but uh these guys they're not getting money lent to them to go out there and and find the amount of oil we need as an example we're going to need about 103 million barrels of oil a day in 2022 the world's never produced that before we, we've never done it before, and and I don't think it's it's going to happen. Uh, and we're going to see much higher crude prices. Essentially, 
what we're staring at is they're going to force us into this huge recession because that's the only way to get the prices back down is we got to get rid of the demand. And I think when they do that, again, to Shelby's point, purposefully, we're going to get the digital currency. That's what's that's what I see happening uh, here in the next. And again, this could go really quickly. I'm hoping that we've got three or four more years. This could happen uh, before Joe Biden's out of office. Yeah, and, it, and you've always talked about on your show, you wake up one morning and there's a digital currency and they're going to give you 50% of the value of the cash you have or maybe your bank account. They'll let you keep um, 90% of it. And then a month later, they'll let you keep 85% of it. And then they just they come up with great incentives for people to take their money out of other things, other hard, tangible things, a bank account not being hard and tangible, but cash being hard and tangible. And uh, the other thing is describe what a bail-in is. We've all heard about a bailout where money comes from the outside. You know, the federal government basically gives money to banks. That's a bailout. Everyone's familiar with that. What is a bail-in? Because I think we're going to see bail-ins. And in fact, 299 days talked about the uh, 401k accounts being uh, forcibly turned into having to hold treasury bills, which is the government basically taking your 401k. So what's a bail-in? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to regret that. You know, when they bailed out the banks the first time around, uh, all of us were pretty upset. Uh, and then, of course, they created Dodd-Frank and said, okay, we fixed it all. Uh, and that was, again, uh, just a charade. If you actually uh, would read the Dodd-Frank legislation, you would quickly find out that really what they did is they, they put us in, in a worse spot. So already, when we put money in the bank, got to have a bank account, right? The When you sign on your bank account and you click here and initial there and sign here and press OK there, uh, it really is, it's a contract. And what that contract says is you, you are going to uh, loan your money to the bank. The bank now owns the money because you... You can't loan out something that isn't yours. So physically, legally, uh, the bank owns the money once you make that deposit. And by the way, that's banking law from the 1500s, uh, before the United States was ever a country. The, the, they've been around, banks been around a long, long time. But to, to your point, what, what the new laws say is very, very simple. The shareholders, the depositors of the bank are now going to be on the hook for banks that go under. You know, they talk about FDIC insurance. You're insured up to $250,000. Well, let me tell you something. The FDIC has about $120 billion. That's what they have. J.P. Morgan Bank, Chase Bank, Just that's just one bank. They have $2 trillion in secured alleged deposits. $120 billion isn't $2 trillion. It's not even close to $2 trillion. Uh, our 10 largest banks have 90% of all the deposits uh, in the country. And let's face it, when we're talking about bailing out a bank, those are the banks we're talking about. We're not talking about Schmuckatelli Bank in Missoula, Montana. Right. That, that that's not what we're talking about here. So how the new way that this is going to work is anybody that doesn't have any money in it. This is my opinion. You're going to be fine at the end of the month. You, 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 you have five dollars left or you got five hundred dollars left. My guess is and I'll use ten thousand dollars because they seem to like that number a lot. Hey, the first ten thousand, that's free. Right. So. We'll match you dollar for dollar. For those of you that have more than that in your bank account, they now will have the ability, especially the people that have the 150, 200,000. And by the way, do not go over 250,000. If you do nothing else, make sure you don't have more than $250,000 in any one bank and you have to if you've got five different accounts with bank of america you got to add all five together 
Mm. It's over two hundred fifty dollars, uh, two hundred fifty thousand. Take some of that money and open a different account at a different bank because anything over two fifty, they're just taking. Now, let's just say you have two hundred and ten thousand dollars in the bank, and you've had that amount in the bank for years, right? You live off of your, but you've got a budget. I don't touch that money; it sits there every year. Well, the first ten thousand. Here's ten thousand electronic credits. Let's talk about this two hundred thousand. You know, you've had that sitting here forever. Tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna let you have access and they're gonna pick a number. Maybe it's fifty grand. And then they're gonna say this other hundred and fifty thousand, it's not gone. But we're gonna give you stock in this new bank. Whoop de doo. Wow. Yes, now you can't sell it, <laughs> but maybe Later down the road, at some point in the future, we'll be able to say, "Hey, you can you can go in and, and sell your stock, and we'll give you the hundred fifty thousand cre- you know electronic credits." Now, we'll give you that back. Of course, the problem will be by that time, hundred fifty thousand probably won't even buy you a, a, a car anymore. But uh, that that's the the power that they have. You talked about 401ks, money markets. A lot of you have money markets as well. Wow. Instantly, you can't sell. You have to stay in. You can't go to the sidelines. Uh, You can't request your money. Uh, These are all things that were in the Dodd-Frank legislation. And again, uh, through the SEC, a lot of other fine little details that don't even need to go through Congress, uh, they, they essentially can lock up all of your paper assets and say, nope, you can't get out. Yep. Uh, the stock market's going to crash, and you need to sit there and take it. The money markets are going to crash, and you need to sit there and take it. And, oh, by the way, we'll tell you how much money you could have out of your bank account. And, Joe, so, Joe oh, we're going to have to give you, give you the hook there and wrap it up. Shelby's got a couple things so, to say. Yeah, and we're going to take this into the after show. Oh, yeah, show. this conversation's oh. just oh, getting oh. started. So real quick, Joe, you you are such a wealth of information. If our listeners want to get a hold of you and, and find out where to find you, where can they go? Yeah, you can go to our website, allamericangold.com, uh, or you can call us on our 800 number, 800 800- Nine five one zero five nine two, and uh, you know I do uh, the Patriot Radio News Hours, the sh- right. the show I do. Uh, it, it's it's podcasted everywhere in thirteen sixty KHNC. I actually own that radio station in Colorado. Uh, we just passed one million l- listener minutes in January at that website. So a lot of people uh, finding out about uh, all that we do. And we have to give you the the hook there once again. again. Yeah, and we'll go into the after show now. Those of you who are Patreons will be able to enjoy more of Joe Jaquin in the after show. Don't forget, folks, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.